If you committed to January, not drinking alcohol, being honest with yourself, giving you a month to completely detox off whatever it is, you know, whatever, have your little New Year's Eve party and then stop January 1st to 31st, I think, and just not drink alcohol for one month, taking it day by day. Today, I choose not to drink. Today, I choose not to drink. Today, I choose not to drink. Following your macros, doing your workout plan, doing all the things that you set out to do that you were already planning on doing. Just see how one month of not drinking alcohol can increase your results tremendously. Welcome to the Straight Up Intentional Podcast. This is your host, Diane. And on this podcast, we're going to talk everything faith, fitness, and mindset and how to live an intentional life. We have so much to talk about today. Let's get into it. If you don't know who I am, my name is Diane. I'm your host. And today I do not want you to look at me as a sober person. I don't want you to look at me as Diane, sober Diane, or hates alcohol Diane. I want you to look at me as a fitness coach because that's what I am. I am a personal trainer. I'm an online coach. And I am have trained hundreds of women on the internet and in person, okay? All over the country, different body types, different lifestyles, different everything. I mean, different places in their life, different goals. I've helped people gain. I've helped people, a lot of people lose fat. And I'm actually like my main um, deal is body recomp. So I'm going to ask you to look at me today as Coach Diane, not Sober Diane, Coach Diane. We're going to talk about why and how alcohol is hindering your process, your fitness progress, your fat loss progress, your muscle gaining progress, whatever your goal is when it comes to fitness, unfortunately, Hate to break it to you, alcohol is not your friend. And I'm going to break it down in the most scientific way. I'm going to get my feelings of alcohol out of it, okay? Because we all know how I feel about alcohol. There's a reason I don't drink it. And I personally have a special vendetta against it. So today, I don't want us to think of me as the personal vendetta against alcohol. I want you to think of me as a fitness coach completely coming to you from the scientific fitness coach version of me. I'm going to try my best to leave that hat on. Let me get a sip of coffee before I start flowing. All right. In terms of fitness, let's talk about it. The very first thing I want to talk about, because it's the most obvious, is that we're not even going to look at this as calories in, calories out, because that's the easiest way to go about this. And if we're, we're talking about calories in and calories out, I'm not going to tell you alcohol is bad, because anything has calories, right? However, alcohol could be considered the fourth macronutrient. You've probably heard it. You've probably seen it on TikTok or Instagram that alcohol is considered the fourth macronutrient. The reason for that is because it is not a carb. It is not a protein and it is not a fat. It even has its own calories per gram. So fat has nine calories per gram. That's why things that are higher in fat are likely higher in calories, right? 
protein, and carbs are four calories per gram. So those are going to be, you're going to be able to eat a little bit more of those with less calories, right? So sometimes your protein or your skinny stuff is all carbs. And that's just because you can get less calories into that and, and still get the less calories, right? Point being, alcohol is none of these. Alcohol is its own entity, and it is seven calories per gram. So it's actually higher than carbs and protein. And it's not as high as fat, but it's up there. Now, if you were looking at it in just calories, right, there's obviously ways to lose fat and still drink alcohol if it's that important to you. I'm going to tell you the other things that it does, though, because the other things are more important than the calorie intake. But if you're looking at it simply as calories, there's ways to drink alcohol and still lose weight. I mean, again, scientifically, calories in, calories out. You are intaking less than you're expending. Therefore, you can lose fat. That is 100% accurate. I've said it from the rooftops. You can eat cupcakes and lose weight. It's totally doable. So in that sense of the word, yes, you can still lose weight and drink alcohol. Now, just throwing it out there. I don't think most people that are prioritizing alcohol enough to want to drink it in a fat loss phase are only drinking the two drinks. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the people that are so concerned with fitting alcohol into their diet, because it's that important, are probably drinking more than two. That's just an assumption. I'm, I'm saying it. It's not a fact. It's an assumption. All that put aside, you're getting zero benefits from this macronutrient. And that's why it's considered the fourth. Because every macronutrient has a purpose. Fat has a purpose. Protein has amazing purposes. And we're going to talk about it right now. And carbs have their purpose. They all have a purpose. Y'all be cutting, y'all be cutting carbs out of your diet plan and still be drinking alcohol. I mean, please make it make sense. That's besides the point. I told you I wasn't going to get crazy. I'm already getting crazy. Just, just ignore that part. All right. The first thing, the first reason that alcohol hinders your process, your um, fitness progress, besides the obvious calorie intake, calories in, calories out, is that when we are trying to lose fat and gain muscle, because muscle remember, is going to help you burn fat at rest. So you're going to be able to do less and burn more by simply having lean muscle mass in your body. So the reason alcohol is hindering that progress is because it hinders protein synthesis. We eat loads of protein and go to the gym and lift heavy weights and go till failure because we want to rip our muscles and grow them. But if we are going to the gym, working out, 
lifting our weights, and then drinking alcohol, we are literally pausing that process. We're hindering the process of protein synthesis, which is going to help your metabolism. Not only does it hinder protein synthesis, but it's also going to mess with your hormones and your hormones are messengers. It's a messenger to your body to tell it what to do and how to do it correctly. Our body is made up. God made our body so perfectly. And I mean, if you think about what our bodies do and how they completely just work on their own without us knowing any of this, our body's amazing. And when we put alcohol into the mix, we are literally stopping our body from doing its normal functions like protein synthesis and having the hormones send messages to our body because we're putting a poison into our body. This is not Diane, sober Diane. This is science factual Diane, okay? We're putting protein, look, I have my notes. You girl, I have notes for the ones that are can't see me. I have notes. Protein. Okay. I'm sorry. Alcohol is going to come into our bodies and our body is going to say, this is a foreign substance. I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to stop what I'm doing when it comes to metabolism and breaking down fat. And when it comes to protein synthesis, which is going to help us gain muscle, which is going to help us turn that work into what we want it to be into. Right. And I'm going to try to get rid of this alcohol instead. So we are literally stopping the process so that we can, you know, have some fun, right? But let's talk about hormones. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that probably most of you listening here are women. Women and our hormones. Our hormones go out of whack just a little bit. And the whole party stops. And we all know that, right? The week before our period, don't come at me. I'm irritable. I'm tired. I don't want to do my workouts. I feel exhausted. My body takes forever to recover. And then I go on to my menstrual. I feel a little bit better, but still don't talk to me. And then the week after, I'm ready to kill it in life and be a millionaire and run marathons and just do it all. And that's what our hormones do. They make us feel a certain way and give us a certain amount of energy and give us a certain push. Okay. So when we go and we drink alcohol, we're messing with our freaking hormones. I mean, that alone should be enough to tell you to slow it down. So this thing called cortisol, you've seen it on TikTok. I I know the people that are listening to me right now know what cortisol is. It's your stress hormone. Okay. It's your body's fight or flight. When you drink alcohol, your cortisol rises. When your cortisol rises, you're in fight or flight. When you're in fight or flight, you ain't burning fat. You are storing fat. Your body's stressed. Your body's like, what's going on? I need something to hold on to. Let's hold on to this fat. Let's not build muscle. Let's inflame the body. Now I'm inflamed. Your body, again, is so smart. I'm under stress. There's poison in my body. I'm trying to get rid of this poison in the body because remember that, yeah, you drink one night, but you're not just drinking one night. You're drinking one night and then you're detoxing for days, weeks, 
fully, fully detoxing off alcohol weeks. And now my cortisol's up. The cortisol's up not just the night that you drink, but the entire detox process. So it's going to get inflamed. So now you're inflamed and you're holding on to fat because again, this substance doesn't belong in our body and now our hormones are out of whack. If your cortisol is high, your hunger hormones are out of whack. You feel more hungry, maybe when you shouldn't, or less hungry and you eat less, but your stress is higher, so you're still looking inflamed and you're still storing fat because your body's under stress. So the gaining weight in the alcohol phase when you're drinking a lot of alcohol or any alcohol at all, because no amount of alcohol is good for you, then, you know, you'll see a difference. When I was drinking, I was a bartender, okay, much younger than I am now. I looked like a straight senora. I looked like someone's tia that partied too hard in their life. I am going to be, oh, I just turned 32. I was going to say, I'm going to be 32. I'm 32. And I look younger than I did when I was 23. Why? Because I was drinking alcohol. And I was drinking it quite often. Now, I'm not saying that you drink as much as I was drinking. I was a bartender. So whenever I had a shift, I probably drank a little, if not a lot. Right? Not with the problem. Those days that I drank, even though there was days I was sober, my body was in constant stress. So not only is my body in constant stress, my hormones are in constant stress. I'm inflamed. I'm holding on to stored fat. I'm storing fat. But my skin doesn't look good because I'm dehydrated, which is my next point. And... My workouts that I'm doing in the gym, because I never stopped working out. I've been working out since I was 23 nonstop. There's never been a period in my life that I did not go to the gym at least three times a week. It was for nothing. There was no reason for me to go to the gym. I was not burning enough to lose fat. And I was not lifting enough to negate the muscle problems that I was having, right? Because... I was working out three times a week, but I was drinking more than I was working out and the protein synthesis was stopping. The metabolism was stopping to break down all of that alcohol. And not only that, but because I was drinking, I was coming home and I was wanting to eat in the middle of the night or I would wake up hungover because again, my body's trying to get rid of this alcohol. So it's protecting me by making me want to eat food. And what do I eat? I eat carbs right? Which by the way, it's a total myth that carbs soak up the alcohol. It's not how the body works, but that's what I would do, right? I would eat the carby foods, the fatty foods. I was just trying to get myself to feel better. My body was feeling like that because I poisoned myself. And so I was eating more. My hunger hormones were out of whack because I didn't, I didn't have a sense of what hunger was because again, I was poisoning myself. I was inflamed. I was out of tune with my body. Definitely not intentional. And so I looked older than I am now. 
the second that I stopped drinking, I lost years off of my face, off of my body, off of my skin. And that's because when you're not drinking alcohol, your body gets to do all of the things that it's meant to do. And to detox off alcohol takes longer than you think. It's not the day. It's not even a couple days. It's actually a couple weeks for your hormones to go back to normal, for your body to function the way it was before you poisoned it, okay? Last fitness concern with alcohol is dehydration. So when you drink alcohol, let's just say you go drink alcohol, you ate a little bit, maybe not too much because, you know, you're trying to save your calories for the alcohol liquid diet. So you, you only eat a little bit, you drink a little bit of water, you go, you're, you having your first cocktail and they say, don't break the seal. They say, don't break the seal. Cause then you're going to want to pee all the time. Let's think about why that happens when you drink alcohol Alcohol isn't just taking the alcohol out of your system. It's pulling the water consumption, the electrolytes. And that's why you feel like once you break the seal, a.k.a. your first pee after drinking, you can't stop peeing. That's because it's pulling everything good out of your body to detox itself. It's trying to get rid of the poison, but it doesn't only know what the poison is, so it takes everything out. So now all the electrolytes and good stuff, micronutrients, all the stuff that you took before just to make yourself healthy and then drink alcohol, you just drained yourself from all of that. And that's why electrolytes are always good for hangovers, right? That's because alcohol is a diuretic. Okay, it's going to drain you of your fluids, of your electrolytes. It's going to make you pee it all and it's going to take everything with you. So if you know these things that alcohol is going to reduce your protein synthesis, it's going to it's going to hinder your metabolism. It's going to mess with your cortisol. It's going to it's going to do all this stuff. Can you drink alcohol when you're in a fat loss phase? Well, yes, you can, right? Because like I said, you can eat cupcakes and lose weight. Now, here's the thing. Knowing all of this, and there's so much more. There's so much more. Let's not talk about the long-term effects of alcohol. Let's not talk about the fact that alcohol is a depressant. So in the morning, you're going to feel like crap. And if you struggle with anxiety and depression, it's going to be worse in the morning because that's what alcohol does. So you're not going to be motivated to wake up in the morning and go for your run and go for your workout. But let's not talk about that. Let's put all that aside. Knowing that it stops protein synthesis, that it messes with your metabolism, that it messes with your hormones, that your cortisol is going to be high and that you're going to be dehydrated and that you're going to be inflamed and that, and none of this is enough for you to want to stop and you still want to know how to lose weight off of all, you know, doing it still. 80, 20, 80% whole foods, 20%, whatever you want. Think about how often you want that to be your 20. Do you want to, eat a cupcake or do you want to take a shot? Ultimately, this is your life. I'm just here to coach you and tell you the facts. You make the decisions at the end of the day. Do you want to sacrifice fat loss or for a night? 
How often do you sacrifice your goals for a night? How many nights of sacrifice? And then I want you to think about what would happen if you took a month off just to see how much more results you would get if for one month of just one month you committed to not drinking alcohol just to see what your muscles would do just to see what your energy how your energy would be just to see what your fat loss could look like just to see how you would feel in a month if you just stopped drinking for one month if you committed to a dry january We're going into the new year. Everyone wants to be new year, new me. If you committed to January, not drinking alcohol, being honest with yourself, giving you a month to completely detox off whatever it is, you know, whatever, have your little New Year's Eve party and then stop January 1st to 31st, I think, and just not drink alcohol for one month, taking it day by day. Today, I choose not to drink. Today, I choose not to drink. Today, I choose not to drink. Following your macros, doing your workout plan, doing all the things that you set out to do that you were already planning on doing. Just see how one month of not drinking alcohol can increase your results tremendously. And then decide if alcohol is still worth it in your life. With The thing about alcohol is, A lot of people drink because other people drink. I know that was me. Uh, There were so many nights I didn't feel like drinking. Alcohol wasn't even a part of my day. It wasn't a part of my plan. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. But somebody brought it up. Somebody said, hey, let's go do this. I didn't really care about doing it. But because my friend wanted to do it, I did it. What if for one month you just didn't? What if for one month you said, I actually don't feel like drinking today. (laughs) I actually didn't plan on drinking today. I actually don't want to drink today. You got to be so intentional with what you do, right? The goal with this podcast is to make you more intentional, to make you think about your decisions, to make you think about what you're doing and step in a way that you are proud of stepping in. When you commit to saying for one month, I'm not going to drink alcohol. You're going to prove to yourself that number one, you don't need alcohol because you just went a month without it. Number two, that you keep the promises you make to yourself. And number three, you're going to show yourself whether or not alcohol is hindering your progress. Maybe it's not. Maybe you don't drink enough for it to to hinder your process. Even though I don't know what you consider to be drinking a lot, but I didn't think I drank a lot either until I stopped and looked back and realized I definitely did. So what would it look like for you to take January off? To say no to a couple of parties or to show up to the party with the diet spray? To show up to the party with a kombucha? To show up to the party with some electrolytes? Saying, I'm going to hydrate myself tonight instead of dehydrate. I don't care what you do, but I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to give you some tips because I understand. Hello? I got sober two years ago. I was a party animal. I was the one bringing the alcohol to the party. I was the one encouraging shots. Don't think that I don't know what's up. It hasn't been that long. But let me tell you something. You go in with a plan. 
You go in with intention. You say, I'm going to go to this party and I'm going to have fun because I don't need to depend on anything outside of myself to have fun because I am fun. Diane is fun. Not alcohol, Diane. Diane is. I don't need alcohol to be fun. I'm fun. You're going to go into that with an intention. What are people, when people ask me, what am I going to say, right? And then what am I going to be having in my hand and stuff like that, right? And then when's, when's the best time to leave? Those are the three things. So number one, for me personally, when people ask me why I stopped drinking, I told them I was doing 75 hard. Guess what? You have a perfect excuse. You're doing dry January. And then they're going to say, oh, so you're not going to have one? And you're going to say, no, I, I created this goal. I committed to this goal. I made this promise to myself to do a dry January. I'm going to stick to it. And I'm proving it to myself that I can stick to it. It's a challenge. It's Diane told me to do it straight up. That's a perfect excuse, right? Dry January. That's your answer. Perfect. Perfect. When I got sober, I got sober. It was harder to say I'm never drinking again. So I lied and I said I was doing 75 hard. A challenge is a perfect excuse to not drink. People don't question it too much. They'll say, well, well, I was going to do dry January, but I have X, Y, and Z excuse. Or they're going to say, well, I've always wanted to do a dry January. I have X, Y, and Z excuse. Or they're going to say, well, I thought about not drinking, but I don't have a problem with alcohol. Just prepare yourself for those comments because those are the top ones that you're going to hear. Number two is what am I going to be having in my hand? Because most people don't even realize you're not drinking unless you don't have something in your hand or unless you tell them. Because literally, I mean, I've been to plenty of parties where people didn't notice I wasn't drinking until like the very end when someone like said, oh yeah, Diane doesn't drink. They don't realize I'm not drinking until someone points it out. I've gone to bachelor parties sober. I've gone to clubs sober. I've gone, I've gone everywhere at this point, sober weddings, everything. So the point is that people won't notice that you're not drinking because they're too into themselves and they're, they're drinking. So they won't notice you're not drinking unless you, they're your drinking buddy. So you might want to tell your drinking buddies you're not drinking and you might want to prepare them for it. I'm not drinking today, dry January, do it with me, invite them to do it with you. Maybe they'll do it with you. And the last one, when's the best time to leave? The best time to leave is when the party's gotten a little too crazy, right? When people start getting past a certain point where you feel like it's no longer going to be fun for the sober you. So stay a couple hours, leave when it's time to go, figure out what drink you could have and what your response is going to be and commit yourself to it. Commit yourself to, you know, what I, what everybody does when they're getting sober is you take it day by day. You take it day by day. Today, I'm not drinking. Today, I'm not drinking. Today, I'm not drinking. Today, until it's 30 days, 31 days, whatever, however long January is, right? And do it with a buddy. If you want to do it with me, hey, I'll be sober in January, hopefully, God willing, right? So we could do it together. Right? And even though I am planning this for January, I still want y'all to do good during the holidays, okay? What does do good mean? I mean, I don't want you to be on this like crazy diet plan where you can't have anything that your grandma makes that you love or you can't enjoy time with family members and stuff like that. The holidays can be good. They can be bad. Some people are sad during the holidays. Some people are excited during the holidays Some people haven't seen their family in a long time. And so they're just trying to embrace the moments with them. 
But here's the thing, and it goes back to the alcohol thing, is like, if you don't want it, don't eat it. And if you want it, eat it. You know what I mean? It sounds like so simple. It's the same with alcohol. Like if you really want the drink, then drink the drink, you know, but you're not doing dry January. But if you don't want it, why are you drinking it? If you don't want the food, why are you eating it? Um, I think it's really important to decipher what it is that you're doing for you and what it is that you're doing for other people. Recovering people pleaser here. Okay. This is coming from someone that grew up wanting to please. I wanted to please my parents. I wanted to please my sisters. I wanted to please my cousins. And then I became an adult. I wanted to please my coworkers and my bosses and now my family. And it, you know, it's, it's too much. There has to be a point in your life where you take control of that narrative and you say, do I want to do this or not? Do I want to drink this drink or not? Do I want to eat this cake or not? Do I want those tamales or not? I'm not a tamale person. I've eaten tamales because people made them and I wanted to please them. We don't do that anymore. We're going to live an 80-20 lifestyle. We're going to flexible diet. But if we don't want it, we're not going to have it. During the holidays, that's your mantra. If I want it, I'm going to have it. Track it and move on. Yes, you're still tracking during the holidays. I always track. And when I don't track, I tend to fall off too far. I don't track because I'm obsessive. I track because I want to be aware. I want to be intentional. I want to understand what I'm putting into my body. I am a tracker in all things. I don't just track macros, guys. I track my workouts. I track my steps. I track my water. I track my food. I track everything. I like to know what my body is doing. I like to know how much I'm progressing or if I'm staying in maintenance. Even in maintenance, I want to track. I don't want to go willy-nilly and give up completely. I want to be on some type of plan. Even if the plan is super lax and I can have cake and cookies and all those good things. Because you will not see me say no to anything pumpkin. And I love coffee. So there's things that I I love and I indulge in and that's my 20%. So during the holidays, what you're going to do is you're going to continue to track. But you're going to give yourself that 80-20 lifestyle. What does that look like? On Thanksgiving, I made myself a nice protein-focused breakfast. For lunch, I still had a protein shake. I still had, I think, some fruit or something, maybe like some yogurt and fruit. And then for Thanksgiving, I served myself a big old plate. I had turkey. I had pork, pernil. And then I had some salad. And then I had some bread, some sourdough. I made some sourdough bread. You know what I'm saying? Like 80-20. I still had my protein-packed normal breakfast that I always have every every day, pretty much. Always the same. Eggs, some type of carb, maybe bagel or toast. And then some type of like green, maybe like spinach or something like that. Maybe a chicken sausage. Pretty much the same thing repetitively over and over unless I'm feeling crazy and get like French toast with egg whites. Pretty typical breakfast for me. 
Then lunch is usually my one that I'm like, eh, I don't really care about it. It's not really my main thing. I also stop eating really early. So that's another thing. But I still focus on having a normal breakfast because a lot of people, they'll be like, oh, I'm going to go to my Nana's later. So I'm going to go ahead and not eat until I get there. You're literally setting yourself up to binge eat. Don't do that. Eat your food in the morning. If anything, set yourself up with a perfectly good macronutrient, like perfect like amount of carbs, protein, and veggies on your plate for breakfast. Maybe give yourself wiggle room because I had my Thanksgiving like at three or four. So my lunch was like fleeting. I don't know. I Like I said, I, I don't remember exactly what I had, but I'm pretty sure I had a protein shake and like maybe like a snack. And then I had my dinner three or four o'clock and it was a nice big plate of again my macros were nice and neatly put my macros didn't get thrown off of whack because I set my day up properly that's what you're gonna do during the holidays your 80 20 doesn't stop if you're gonna go to someone's house later and you know that the food's gonna be like it's gonna be a huge meal it's gonna be delicious and bomb you're gonna want to eat dessert Make sure that you set yourself up that day with a nice protein-packed breakfast and a protein-packed small lunch, even if it's small, so that you can give yourself that nice big dinner that you're not sure how the macros are going to work out. So at least you set yourself up. And you're going to want to do that every time you're going to go to someone's house. Because I know for me, I'm driving to California from Arizona. And I'm going to be gone for six days. And I don't know what people have in their cabinets. You know what I do? I go to the market and I get protein shakes. I don't care who has to say what. They already know. I come with bone broth, protein shakes, any supplements I be taking. I must be taking. I'll find a gym. I'll go for a run. I'll go for a hike. I'm bringing my tennis shoes. I'm bringing my workout clothes. They already expect it. Call me annoying. My health comes first. I am very good about nutrition. Even if I'm gone, I'm very good about showing up to the gym, working out. I'm also very good about resting when I need it or hanging out with my mom instead of going somewhere else or waking up before they wake up. That's always the perfect solution. Wake up before they wake up. Then you already got your workout and they just woke up. They didn't miss you. They were sleeping. That's how you keep the process during the holidays. The holidays are two days. It's Thanksgiving and it's Christmas. We drag it on because the Christmas music comes on and like we decorated our tree and there's a bunch of like gingerbread cookies and such. So we drag it on through the holiday season and we milk it. Let's be real. We milk it. We milk it. So instead of milking it, think of it as Thanksgiving was Thursday. You got a whole month until Christmas. Do your best in that month leading up to Christmas. You're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. If you're interested in doing a January, the dry January with me, I do have a challenge coming up, of course, in January. You guys know I love my challenges. I've had amazing results with these girls. We're definitely going to include a dry January in that challenge if you want to do that. If not, I'm going to have a 30-day dry January deal Okay, that's going to be separate. Now, dry January only or challenge and dry January. Those are your two options and you're going to do either one because you love me and I love you and we're going to do this together. And I know you can do it. 
because it's not that hard. <laughs> Alcohol is not that important. It's really not. And you're going to be able to see your progress change just by not drinking in January. You got this, girl. I believe in you. I know that you can commit to this. I know that we can all get 1% better every day. If you start today in 365 days, you'll be 365% better. You got this, girl. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. And if you have not rated and reviewed this podcast, girl, what is you doing? Make sure you're following. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like, you comment, and tell me what you want to hear. I love you guys. Bye.